Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Project Sports. My name's Tim Doyle, and today we have a special guest on the show. That would be Derek Ricks, one of my close friends here on the base that I'm stationed at in England. He's going to come on the show. We're going to talk a little bit of Cowboys. We're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to make some picks. His name is Ricks. We're going to make some picks with Ricks. I might even... I might even have some, you know, cowboy music coming into this, you know, into the little intro here instead of my normal music, just because you're from Texas. How's it going, Ricks? You know, Doyle, it's going. It's I can going. Never have a bad day. <laughs> Although you just listed off a ton of stuff that you know that's been killing you the past couple of days. Yep, but they're still good coming out of every one of them. So uh, yeah, can't abs- complain. Absolutely, life is good. You can't complain. Yeah. Oh, so you you keep up with the podcast pretty regularly, right? I sure do. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I wanted some quick thoughts from you about the the bubble idea or if the NFL should pause, they should take, you know, a step back and look at what the COVID situation that's going on right now. What's your take? What's your thoughts on it? So, you know, Stefan Gilmer tested positive the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, So that makes two Patriots on the opposite sides of the ball. So they probably don't even practice together very often that have tested positive for COVID. And they just had a game with. Sorry, I just got a note. The Chiefs. They just had a game with the Chiefs. Yeah. And he made contact with multiple players. So now, are they going to have to go and get tested? Everyone that Stefan Gilmer made contact with, if they start popping hot, I'm going to say the season's over. I think they should take a step back, take a week or two, let everyone recover. There's a bunch of injuries that in about two weeks could be resolved i mean people need rest time they didn't get the preseason and stuff so i think it would be beneficial to take a step back for two reasons covid and to get people healthy again yeah so even some uh from reports out of boston there are actually uh, some players that would have not even been able to come to work uh with the patriots organization and some of the players because they're starting to feel ill none of them have tested positive yet on the covid test but they they do feel sick so it's not just even just Stephon Gilmore, which is crazy, but yeah. So, I mean, I agree with your assessment because you need to come up with some sort of different scenario because, you know, I know you got four weeks through the season so far and everything kind of went somewhat smoothly, but now you got the Titans organization, the Steelers organization, the Patriots. They're all affected by it. Not that the Steelers had any positive cases, but the Steelers were affected based on having to push games back, and the Titans are an absolute mess right now with COVID. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all encompassing. It's not a good, not a good look on the league, and they need to. I my suggestion in my podcast that I talked about the the bubble, where they would do like a five, um, just like a five stadium situation, five or six. They'd pick the South. Actually, I would. I said Texas because there's lots of stadiums there, and then you could also do Florida, which is there are a lot of stadiums. Like I said, I'm not an expert, but I think it'd be a better in a warmer climate. Maybe it kills the disease. Maybe it doesn't. Again, non-expert. Don't know for Absolutely. sure. So um, we are going to make some picks with Ricks now. Uh, this should be pretty fun. And we're just going to go through. I know I had said previously that I was only going to make five picks. I'm going to start making five picks because I didn't know the development of the season. But, hey, we got all the games going this week, and I got my buddy Ricks on. So we're just going to go through every single game and make this a fun time. 
So, uh, first game was uh, this this past uh, last night, which the game already happened. It was the Chicago Bears versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bears edged out 20 to 19. I know nothing about the game because I just woke up and it happened overnight in the middle of the night. So whatever. Can't really speak to it. Don't really know what happened. Just know that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they lost. And now, what is it? Mitch Trubisky, who everyone used to make fun of last year, is now 4-0, right? 5-0? 4-0? Something like that? Uh, yeah, they're 4-0. 4-0 now. 4-1. So. 4-1. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did get a loss. I, yeah. I forgot about that. All right, so let's uh, let's go to the Texans and Jaguars. Are you like, are you? Do you hate the Texans because you're a Cowboys fan? Like, how does that work? Do you guys have a rivalry? Um, it's not really a rivalry. It's one of the things like uh, in baseball. I'm a Rangers fan, and if the Astros are in the World Series without cheating, I'm gonna cheer on for the Astros because they're still a Texas team. Last year, when the <laughs> Texans were going to the uh, the playoffs, I was going for the Texans because they're a Texas team. The Cowboys, you know, they. They choked again. So. It's always bigger in Texas. You get more, uh, more Absolutely. teams. Yeah, more pride, more <laughs> land. You know, the whole kit and caboodle. The whole kit and caboodle. All right. So, who are you going to take here in the Texans and Jaguars game? I'm actually going to take the Jaguars. Ooh. Um, the Texans just got their head coach and general manager fired. Mm -hmm. It's a tough so week. They're going to have either their offensive coordinator coming up and trying to run things, or the defensive coordinator coming up, or an outside hire. And I don't think the uh, the compatibility is going to be there yet. So I see the Jaguars coming back off that loss from last week and wanting to make a statement. That's a, it's not it's not a bad pick, and I think the Jaguars have a, a pretty decent team. They got a good running back situation now. Um, that's a good pick. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Jaguars as well, just based on all those similar feelings and thoughts that I have that you have. I mean, it's a and lot Gardner to go. Minshew. Come on, yeah, it's Gardner. <laughs> Yeah, the man might as well as be from Texas. Is he from originally from Florida? Missouri. Missouri. Okay. Yeah, he definitely is from the South. Very what, close. What a great mustache and a great Texas. vibe. <laughs> I would have taken him from Texas any day of the week. I've got hundreds of people I'll give away for Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Hmm. Even Dak Prescott. He's not even from Texas. No. <laughs> He's a but great, yes, great still, quarterback. I would. I would take Gardner Minshew over Dak Prescott, honestly. <laughs> All right, we're going to head over to the Ravens and Bengals. This should be a pretty good matchup. you got the young QB and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Who we got here? Ravens, easily. Ravens, easily. What's your, what's your seen, thoughts on that? We've seen the Bengals. They have a good team. They really do. John Ross and A.J. Green and Joe Burrow and even Joe Mixon. That's just a powerful offense. Their offensive line is slacking a little bit. They're not the best in the world. But the Ravens reminds me of Andrew Luck and his pass protection he had with the Indianapolis yeah. Colts. Yeah, not too exactly. good. Exactly, and Joe Burrow scary. doesn't have the experience to to move around yet. Yet, but that's um, that's so a good pick. That's a good I'm pick. I'm calling Ravens easily. Ravens, the Ravens easily. already know what they're doing. There's a lot of camaraderie. They're ready to go in and start start taking names. Honestly, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Ravens here too. But I'm gonna pick the Ravens in a close game. I think it's gonna be a good matchup. This is you know a division matchup. I I hope. I mean, I, I really want to go for the upset here, but I'm going to stick with the Ravens as well. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a close uh, game. I'm going to go ahead and make a bold one that uh, in the fourth quarter, maybe even after halftime, RG3 is going to get some playing time, oh. just like he did last year. Uh, for, oh, or for, last week, sorry. For what reason? Just uh, uh, They'll be ahead so far. Yeah, okay. They'll be putting in secondary people, making sure that... So you the, think they're going to kill him? I, I think it's going to be a... It's going to be a really bloodbath. 
Did you just think the exact opposite of me? Oh my gosh, here we go. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a high-scoring game from one team and not very good for the other. Interesting. I like it. All right, we have two totally different perspectives on this. That's great. All right, moving on to the Falcons and Panthers. Who do we got here, Ricks? Falcons or Panthers? The Falcons are on fire on offense. Their defense can't stop anyone, though. So, Like your Dallas Cowboys? Oh, yeah. You know, 40 to 39. Uh, a win's a win. But the Panthers aren't playing too bad this year. I mean, so They're far not with playing too bad, Teddy Bridgewater and their, I know even with Christian McCaffrey out there, backup running backs are doing well as well. I'm going to go ahead and call Panthers, Panthers because of the okay. Falcons' defense. If the Panthers can hold the Falcons on offense at all, it'll be an easy win for the Panthers. Yeah, just that Falcons defense you can't trust. And yeah. for that reason, I also will pick the Panthers. So we're pretty much on the same page so far for the first three picks. Uh, let's head on to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Who you got this for this one? The Chiefs have been struggling on offense the first half the past two weeks. So the Raiders do have a pretty okay defense. Not as good as the Patriots' defense. But I think the Raiders are coming back for vengeance. But still, I'm going to have to pick the Chiefs. Old Patrick Mahomes from Texas. Yeah, Texas I'm going to. Boys know how to play some football. Oh, gosh. Jeez, this is <laughs> just makes me want to throw up how much of this Cowboy Texas love we got going on. But I will pick the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Uh, as long as no one tests you know, positive for COVID before the game, then I think we should be good to go. You know, Chiefs all the way. Absolutely. Let's head over and to. Edward Delaire. Oh, Ed- oh Edward Delaire, too. He is, he is so good. Was he from Texas, too? No, I Sur- wish he was. Surprising the way you said that in your voice. It just sounded like you were he's so good. <laughs> he reminds me of Kareem Hunt, but a little better. A little better? Yeah. I don't think the Chiefs are missing Kareem Hunt at all anymore. Yeah, Kareem is more of a speedster, too. I, I mean, yeah, uh, Edwards is a very... He seems like a more traditional running back that can also ha- that also has speed, but, you know, hits holes... And can pretty much work and operate from everywhere, which is great. Because yep. he's a good running back. Jets and Cardinals. Who do you got for this one? Cardinals. Kyler Murray is going to eat that defense alive. Kyler Murray. Oh man, yeah, that Jets that Jets defense is terrible. Ah, uh, I just want to disagree with you offense. so bad on some of these picks, but I'm going to have to go Arizona Cardinals as well. It's a very about, predictable year this year, though. I know it's so true. How about I make the first pick on the next one? That way, to see if we okay. have a difference. All right. So I'll uh, Steelers and Eagles. I'm going to go Steelers here. <laughs> and I know you're not going to pick the Eagles, so we're probably going to be the same yeah. on this. <laughs> uh, no, Did for the, the Steelers, lose anyone to COVID? No, they didn't. They just couldn't play the game because the Titans had a bunch of people who tested positive. That's all. Yeah, I'm going to go Steelers, and it's going to be at least by. Probably 14. The 14. Eagles are banged up. They're hurt. They barely won last week. They barely beat the 49ers who had backups for like every position for exactly. their starters. The Eagles, okay, the, our whole division is JV right now. You know, let's just take some time to crap on the Eagles because that's LJ's team. So let's just, they're, <laughs> they're such trash. I mean, I mean, Carson Wentz is supposed to be this this great, you know, player in, in, in Montreal as well. This is This is wonderful. They're supposed to have this Carson Wentz that's supposed to, you know, be their savior. And Nick Foles took a championship from him, and they pretty much just suck. I mean, Nick Foles did not take a championship from him. Nick Foles came in when Carson Wentz got hurt again and led the team by himself. 
Even better. Even better said. Nick Foles won that. He did not take it from Carson Wentz. He earned that. Well, taking it and earning it is kind of like the same thing. But whatever. It's just, it's hilarious, you know? The Eagles just think they're so great. I, I LJ texts me. He's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. The 49ers, they beat the 49ers. You know, 49ers should have won that game. You know, the Eagles are terrible. They should have won. And I'm like, dude, I was like, the Eagles won because they were playing against backups. I was like, gosh, yeah. it's embarrassing. And not only that, they didn't win by much. And it wasn't like, you know, it was actually a pretty close game. I was surprised the 49ers didn't even win. Just a bad organization. Honestly, honestly what I can see, what Eagles fans should be excited about is if Doug Peterson said, hey, Carson, we understand you're a little banged up. We're going to sit you down this week and let uh, Josh McCown get some playing time. We're going to let you heal, and we're going to see what our backup can do because we didn't have the preseason. Josh McCowan. Kind of uh, figure that out. Not a big fan. What's the, the backup, Jalen Hurts? I want to see that kid play. Oh, I thought it was Josh McCown. Well, no, Jalen Hurts is just the rookie. I mean, he probably is the backup, but the rookie, the kid who they drafted early. You, the, you know, that's even round. better. Just sit Carson Wentz, get play that kid again, and put Jalen uh, Hurts in. Exactly. Who knows? He could probably even take the starting job. Carson Wentz is... I guess that's not a, not very good right now. I guess this is a sufficient amount of crapping on the Philadelphia Eagles. That was good. That was some good stuff. So I guess we're gonna make a picks for the Washington football team and the LA Rams. Who do you got? I see the LA Rams. Um, I was very surprised last week about the Giants how they held the LA Rams a little bit, but I see the LA Rams coming back and. Uh, making another statement. They don't want to be ran over by another nobody team, basically. Yeah. The, uh, the LA Rams are a good team. I don't think they're going to lose this game. I, I did have a take on how, you know, Washington football team moved on from their starting quarterback this week, and they're going to go to the backup. Uh, they so, left, or they moved on from Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, they announced this week oh. he's not going to be starting, so... I think that, you know, even with the transition, maybe it would inspire them to, you know, play hard for the team or maybe it would piss them off. But I just think that the LA Rams are too much. They're too good of a team. And I think the you Rams will take it as well. Do I know I don't know off the top of my head. I know they have uh, they have Colt McCoy. I don't it's not Colt McCoy. <laughs> oh, I know that. that other guy. I can't remember his name. Washington. I don't know. Football I don't team. remember. Death chart. Pulling it up. What do we got here? They're benching Dwayne Haskins. Can't find it. Whatever. I don't know. Oh, Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle Allen's starting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a smart move anyway. Yeah. All right, moving on to the 49ers and Dolphins. I think Jimmy G is coming back this week. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure he is. Mm. So who you got on this one? Yeah, Jimmy G might be coming back, but Raheem Mostert, Nick Bosa, they're not coming back. They're injured. Um, the Italian Stallion, my friend, part. doesn't that count for something? Um, they play such a huge part in the offense and defense, and uh, George Kittle was a little banged up last game too. So with them, th- them three factors, if them three don't play, I'm going to call the Dolphins. You're called the Dolphins? All right. I mean, I'm going to call the Dolphins. If Raheem Mostert, George Kittle, and Nick Bosa do not play, I'm calling Dolphins. Perfect. This is great because I'm going to go 49ers here just based on the fact that I don't like the Dolphins and I've seen them play and 
They're trash. They had, actually, remember, they had a good week last 49ers week. 49ers lost. Oh, that's weird. Eagles. That's weird. That's weird. I was making my pick. I was trying to give you my explanation. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I'm picking the 49ers based on the Dolphins have played trash defense defense pretty much the entire year. They actually had a pretty good game last game. Showed some semblance of a team. But, yeah, what were you going to say? Uh, you have to keep in mind the 49ers lost to the the who last week? I who? think we just had a three-minute segment on. On the Philadelphia Eagles, the but they had backups. The quarterback makes a, a, just a hell of a difference. Come on now. Come on. Yeah, it does, but it's not completely on the quarterback. The defense has to allow the Eagles to score, and the defense is going to allow the Dolphins to score. And you know Fitzpatrick gets in them modes to where he can do anything. He can throw. He can run. It doesn't matter. I mean, cool. it could you know possibly what? not show up this game, but. We'll see this week, and we'll check back, you know, and we can make fun of each other for whoever's wrong. <laughs> All right. Actually, we're going to wait for this game. I'm going to skip over this one. Uh, Browns and Colts, who you get? Oh, man. I'm going the, see, I'm uh, going the Colts. Oh, I was about to say I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Rivers and the Colts over the Browns. The Browns had a great week last week, and I think they're going to get a little too high on themselves, and they're going to crash and burn. No, that's, the that's Browns normally had... How. An okay week against an not okay defense. Well, agreed, but they won, so it's a good week for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their <laughs> offense was clicking. Their defense was horrible. Most The two fumbles we had were our fault. Yeah. They were your the fault. The was our fault. Amari Cooper did not cut like he was supposed to and keep running. He stopped, and uh, that resulted in a pick by the Browns' defense. No, I think the Colts' defense is too good, and the offense is operating nicely, so I think the Colts are going to beat the Browns. They're going to edge them I out. I completely agree. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings. Who you got in this one? Oh, Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks all day. Vikings have been playing trash this entire year so far. And the Seahawks are just good. They're yeah. so good. You know who and I like Jamal watching? Adams is coming back? Oh, yeah. my goodness. You know who I like watching on a Sunday now? It's DJ Metcalf. Yeah. It's, it's like turning into, no, I'm not calling him Calvin Johnson because it's not physically, he can't do all the same things as him, but just how big he is and how he goes down the sideline, I just enjoy. I'm like, I can't wait to see a catch from DJ Metcalf because he's just a big wide receiver who's just ready to go up and get the ball, and it's usually a bomb down the field. So I just you know, enjoy watching year, him play. Last year when I picked him up in fantasy football, he was basically a nobody. He hadn't mm-hmm. made a name for his name, uh, himself or anything. But I was looking at his stats, and this man is like 6'6". Six, six, yeah, he's a beast. 255 pounds or something like that. I don't have the stats in front of me, so pardon me. But that man is huge. He's a big and guy. he is fast. I yeah. said last year the only problem with him was he was not a cutting wide receiver. He was a vertical threat. But guess who was still on the board when the Patriots picked Nikhil Harry? Who? DJ okay. Metcalf. Mm. Terrible. You know? I'll never, I'll never forgive him. Yep. Yeah, I said last year, if he could work on his cutting, he would be even a bigger threat. Yeah. What did he do this year? He burnt our defense on a post route. Absolutely burnt. Okay. Final pick. Here it is. Oh, Your Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. It's probably not going to be a surprise here, but who do you get? Yeah. I mean, there is going to be no surprise. It's going to be the Cowboys by 15 by 15 or more or more absolutely and you're just gonna you're gonna tell sharper how it is he's his team's trash they're no good uh we're coming off two games to where ezekiel elliott has either fumbled or has slipped 
He cost us two points two weeks ago by slipping in the end zone. And he had a fumble that game. And then last week, he slipped with a wide-open hole. And he also fumbled that game. He has not gotten more than 60 yards in the past two games. What about your so slow? See, what about your slow starts, though? You know, you think I see it eventually Ezekiel it could bite Elliott you in the butt. Back. It, oh, it's going to. It has. Look, we're one and three. Yeah, we have had to play from behind every single every single game this year. The closest one we had was the L.A. Rams, and the way they made our defense look their first drive, I was scared. <laughs> they completely ran us over. I like to hear some honesty out of a Cowboys fan. This is not but uh, yeah, I see the Giants and the Cowboys being a not pretty game. I think Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard is going to come back, and they're going to say, "Look, offensive line, we know y'all are very injured. We're missing Lyle Collins, uh, Travis Frederick retired this year, uh, Connor McGovern got hurt, and now we're having like Tyler Biadas, our third string guy, playing center." So I see. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, making a statement this coming game, especially with the Giants' horrible defense. Yeah. So Jack went for 502 last week, and I can see even more this week. Yeah. You know, I just feel like the Dallas Cowboys are going to be overwhelming too much on offense no matter what, so it won't be too big of a deal. But uh, all right, so we're going to move on to a different segment. I appreciate you making some picks with me. That was good. Picks with Ricks, everybody. I'll do a little awesome. clapping thing there. That would be funny. Um, so I just got a couple questions for you. We can spitball back and forth about the Dallas Cowboys. We wanted to do All this. Right. You can ask me Patriots questions too if you want. You know, it is if you I, fire I, or I think can something. Think of a few. Yeah, yeah. So my first question to you, which I I did send to you, uh, was: Would you get rid of Jerry Jones as your owner? Not yet. Not yet. So Why? That's a complicated answer. Um, Two years ago, three years ago, absolutely. Get the man out of there. The reason I say not yet is because of a man called Ezekiel Elliott. He got the man to pay up. He actually got him to bring the checkbook out and pay up. <sighs> and now he, he offered Dak Prescott five years, 30-something million a year. That is unheard of from Jerry Jones. He is making strides to get to the place we want him to be at. He is realizing that he can't be thin-pocketed and still win games. Okay, but why would you pay a running back that much money? Um, and you should have paid your quarterback first. So I completely understand that. However, we did not really have another option. I mean, we could have went to free agency or even drafted another one and let Zeke go. You do have another option. Here. You don't give a running back that kind of money. Yeah, Ever. we still had we had just gotten Tony Pollard, but we didn't know how he was going to turn out. Honestly, but why are you so, so worried about a running back? They're a dime a dozen. You can make the situation work. Yes, and with the offensive line we had, Duh. we had like the number two ranked offensive line in the league. We could have made any running back work. Honestly, we could have got Adrian Peterson for a million a year. Yeah, but Ezekiel Elliott is a special talent, and you have to agree with me on that. I can agree with you that Ezekiel Elliott is one hundred percent a special talent. But let's go down I let's go down the list. Paid. Let's go down the list of Super Bowl winners for the past twenty to thirty years and you tell me where the star running back won the game for them. I'll tell you one. Which one? Ninety six. And that is the Cowboys. And that is when Emmett Smith 
was fed the ball almost every play for three and four yard gains. All right, let's just keep it within 20 years. Okay. Because <laughs> it was definitely a different game back then. <laughs> so within the last 20 years, I mean, the only other last one I could remember is probably Marshall Falk in 2000 as well. But also they had Kurt Warner, so you can't yeah. just you can't say one. And their offense was probably one of the most ridiculous offenses of all time. Yeah, you think about the, show on turf. the latest Super Bowls, and it's been stacked defenses and a quarterback and a receiver combo. Mm-hmm. Every time. So why that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand. I mean, it's not you. I mean, you, you know, they sign a player, he's a good player, you get excited for it. I understand that, but at the same time, I'd just be pissed. I mean, the Patriots have not had a running back, and a lot of other teams have gone to this mode where you just run it back by committee, you know, dude, run the ball. You know, we're yeah. not looking for crazy things. So, look, at the end of the day, look what Dak's doing. He's throwing for four or 500 yards every single game. Where is Zeke? What's he doing? He got paid. And it's not really him. He's not running the offense. But even down the stretch, down the down the stretch of a game, this is, this is how I think of it. When it comes down to it, you got two, three minutes left on the clock. You got 60 seconds left on the clock. Who has the ball in their hands? The quarterback. quarterback. The quarterback has the ball in his hands. So for me, it's like you should never sign a running back that amount of money. for. And not only that, the most embarrassing thing is that they signed Zeke and they didn't sign Dak first or didn't even give Dak a contract quickly after. And yeah, they got this guy like sitting in the, the balance. <laughs> it is. And come on, Dak is quickly rising to becoming a staple in the NFL. Like this is not, this is not something you should be joking around with. Obviously, season has started. I don't, I don't think doing contracts in the middle of the season are always the greatest idea just because there's so much going on, especially this season. But it's not always the best time to do it. But they lost they lost their position in the summer. They should have got it done and they shouldn't have signed Ezekiel for that amount of money. It's just yeah, that's just I, silly I can agree with that. Okay. I've got a question for you. I, I try to ask this to as many Cowboys fans as I can. During the Ro- Tony Romo era, I know you loved him. I know you love mm-hmm. Tony. Tony's a great guy. He's a great quarterback. Do you think at one point during the career with the Dallas Cowboys, you should have moved on to help better your team so you could win a Super Bowl? From Tony Romo? Yes. Oh, man. That 2020 hindsight. I know every year you go in, you're like, oh, you're excited about the team. But now looking back, do you wish you moved on because of what, how he just, I don't want to call him a loser because he's not a loser, but he just lost a lot with the Cowboys. He didn't. He never won. He could never get over that hump, and it just seemed like he was never going to get over that hump. It was very similar to Philip Rivers. The both you know of them who they just he never were going to win. Honestly, we're not arguing the talent because the talent is there. No, 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 no. It's just yeah, more of the connection between the Cowboys and guy. Tony Romo. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Lamar Jackson, able to get to the playoffs, first game choke, or you're playing for a playoff spot and you fumble the ball on a field goal. Yeah. Um, would I have moved away from Tony Romo quicker? Looking at it now, no. At the time, absolutely. But looking at it now, we have a different perspective. The O-line was C average at best. We did not have the running back talent we do now. And we did not have the stacked receivers that we do now. Yeah, but you had Dallas Clark at that time. And yeah. uh, the Dallas Cowboys, for some years, some of the years had... The, some of the best offensive line in the league. Yeah. At times they were they were below average and their defense was sometimes uh, I would say they only had like they really only had a couple of years where their defense was well. 
because then it was just craziness all the time. I don't think that they were consistent in keeping good defenses. Yeah. I think if we would put, you know, a little younger ages around Tony Romo to where he could grow with them, kind of like Des Bryant. Him and Des Bryant were on fire most of the time. If we could have had more people like that with Tony Romo and some more supporting documents around him, it would have been a lot better. Um, you look at Dak Prescott, and he's making these 480, 500-yard games. He has the receivers to do that. He has Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and some no-name guys like Cedric Wilson. What the heck? Where'd you come from, and why are you getting 90 yards in a game on two catches? Well, it seems like now that they're building a bit of a better culture, and that's what I kind of want to get into. I don't think that those Cowboy teams with Jerry Jones and the coach that they had in there, with Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett. I just don't think that they had a culture. They had a, they had, they did have a culture, but it wasn't the correct culture or the right recipe to win a Super Bowl. And I think that was what the major issue was. Absolutely. I mean, Jerry what, Jones what I, is a businessman. Yeah. Well, when I see now, and when I see, like, I know a lot of people look at, oh, the Cowboys are one and three and they suck, blah, blah, blah. You know, that you want to say that. But when I see that you come back against the Atlanta Falcons and you, you beat them the way that you did, I look at that as massive resilience and good team culture and not giving up on each other. And just that's, I think it, I take that as a huge positive just from the way I look at a football team and how they're structured. A, you've Absolutely. got the talent. B, you know, you're, you've got coaching that is allowing the players to be patient and calm in those situations and they come back to win. Yeah, they're one and three. That's that's great. It's a weird season. And not only that, like your division, you can still win it. I mean, the, the person who's in first place is the Eagles and they're absolute trash. And they're one, two, they're and, one. One, two and one. So there's, there's the season's not over. It's not even close. And you're in a very tough division. You've always been in a tough division. They come I mean, they may call it the battle of the suck, but as as far as division matchups go, it's you know the games are always played very tough. So, I mean, my only thing is just mostly the culture of the Dallas Cowboys organization and how they operate. I think that they could have changed some things up back in the day because I think they really wasted they wasted the talent of Tony Romo to even to be able to win. He, they, I think they just went to another team. I the best case scenario they should have Philip Rivers come to Texas play for the Dallas Cowboys and you guys should have sent uh, him to San Diego. I think that would have had a much better chance. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that that's that would have been that would have been great because they both needed to get out of the current city. They weren't they weren't connecting well. Absolutely, it's just a chain of scenery. Change of scenery. It would have helped them. Absolutely, it would have. And Jerry Jones is not the big business honcho that he was a few years previously. He's learning that if he wants to win, he's gonna to have to start paying. And he's kind of he's kind of built everything too. I mean, that's he built his the stadium, he built the practice facility, he built, you know, his you know his mantra. He uh, to be honest, Jerry Jones is pretty much like the leader of all the NFL owners in general. So he had a lot of focus on a lot of different things that were coming down from the league over the years, and I think he's finally set back to make decisions more for his team, not just his team within the NFL. I think it's it's probably better for him. I mean, I saw you guys' has, practice facility. It's, like, just disgusting. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, Jerry Jones sprouted growth in the NFL, too. After he made Jerry's playground, Jerry's play place, whatever you want to call it, this sparked so many other Sounds teams. Sounds so bad. Yeah, it does. <laughs> 
but it sparked so many other teams to go and make these $500 million facility. Or what was the the Los Angeles Rams? Theirs was like $1.2 billion or something like yeah. that. I mean, it takes a lot of focus as a businessman. I don't know. I mean, you look at Arrowhead Stadium. That stadium can't be more than 10 or 15 million. It's open top. It doesn't close. It doesn't retract. It's nothing special. Mm. And it's an old stadium. You look at these new stadiums, even the Raiders. I don't even remember what they called it, but that thing is beautiful. Yeah. We never would have had this if Jerry Jones didn't build the new stadium. Yeah, that takes a lot of focus, time, and effort, and it probably took away from the, the football team in general. Absolutely. I mean, and I always say that less is more. I mean, he should be more hands-off, but I think he's finding himself as an owner and just allow the the coach and the GM to just be able to do what they want. So we'll see going forward. Uh, I've always been critical of the Dallas Cowboys because obviously they are a talk of the league and they always will be. I think that sometimes the fans going into the season always live in the past and are hyped up. I do love optimism with, you know, the Cowboys, but I don't like to be optimistic about things that they're just being delusional about as well. Like you got to be realistic with your team and not, not so much you actually, since we've been friends and I've told you my opinions about Dallas Cowboys fans, you've been pretty, you've been pretty open to my takes on, on them as well. Cause it's not that I'm, people get really annoyed with Cowboys fans, but it's, and then they make fun of you when you lose in the, the playoffs the past, you know, 10 years or, or don't make the playoffs and stuff like that. But it's more of this, the, a voice, voice your opinion in ways that can help the Cowboys and maybe make a difference. Because, you know, as fans, we don't always, you know, we don't have an impact too much on the team. But, you know, you can voice your opinion. Just like I saw a bunch of Houston Texans fans all have, because uh, uh, they were they were allowing people into the Texans for uh, fan bases uh, there. Yeah. And they had signs saying, fire uh, Bill uh, O'Brien. And, I mean, that's got to speak volumes when a bunch of people are coming into the stadium and saying, fire Bill O'Brien. Could you imagine back then if they had, if you know, a bunch of Dallas Cowboys fans were realistic with themselves and said, "Fire Wade Phillips or fire Jason Garrett," getting frustrated? Yeah, you got a you got a fancy team, but you're not winning anything. You know, exactly. We should not be that sacked with talent and going eight and eight and losing to the nine and six Eagles for the yes, division. For the and yep. then watching the Eagles get smacked. Yep, and the playoffs where you could have won. Yep, but I see Mike McCarthy making some change already. So. I can see the influence he's having on the Cowboys offense because he is offensive minded. Yeah. All right. Well, now do you got any, Mike do, Nolan to leave? Do you got anything left? Anything that you want to go over? Yeah. One more thing, actually. What, what do you got? What do you got? Would I take Tony Romo and Des Bryant, or would I take Dak Prescott and Zico Elliott? Yeah. Which one are you going with? I'm going to say Dak Prescott and Zico Elliott. Wow. Some growth. And here's why. Here's why. Go ahead. Tony Romo did not have the ability to scramble the way Dak Prescott does. If you asked me last year, I would have said Tony Romo, Des Bryant, all day, every single day. But the growth that Dak Prescott has made from last year to this year, and that's in getting a new offensive-minded head coach who's willing to work with him on things he's good at rather than Jason Garrett saying, hey, let's do the same old smash-mouth football. He has made amazing uh, progression. He's more elusive. He stays in the pocket or gets out of the pocket when needed. He doesn't just take off with his legs all the time. And his accuracy for his medium and his longer throws is getting spot on. 
He's no Russell Wilson by any means. Yet, I think he could be something extremely special. And Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, Des Bryant, he had, oh my God, a lot of yardage per game. It was something like 79 yards per game throughout his career. Crazy number. Special talent. We have, yeah, we have more talent now than just one Des Bryant. We have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. We have, we have a lot better things. Yeah, than just trying to throw to one person to be one-dimensional. You guys have a exactly. multi-functional offense, and you can win in different layers. So it's say we played the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Stephon, if we played the Patriots today with Tony Romo and Des Bryant, Stephon Gilmer is locking up Des Bryant, and Tony Romo is going to get sacked, going to have to scramble, and probably get hurt again. Yeah, it would be much harder for Belichick to stop the current Dak Prescott run offense for sure. Yep. <sighs> All right, Rickety. Well, it's been a great it's been a great show, and I really appreciate you coming on. It has been fun. How long has it even been? How long has it been? Yeah. Well, you'll find out when I put out the episode. You'll see how oh, long it is. I'll get to listen to myself again. I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do my outro here real quick. All right, right. want to hear a motivational quote first? Oh, actually, yeah. You know, give us that <laughs> give us that Texas motivational quote. Give it. All right. In the face of adversaries, just say just say this. You may all go to hell and I'll go to Texas. Oh my god. <laughs> that is said by our Lord and Savior Davy Crockett. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, I love it. Uh, just a side note, the only person in this family that was born in Texas is him. All right, everyone, thank you for listening to Project Sports. My name's Tim Doyle. Thanks, Ricks, for coming on the show. If you guys want to find me anywhere on social media, I have a uh, Facebook page, Project Sports, and also Instagram, Project Sports Pod. Um, You can find me there. Again, if you want to talk about anything on the show, come on the show, just message me, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Ricks, for the final time. Yep, no problem. It was fun. Peace.